All right, four o'clock hour here of the Hockman and Crowder program. And we have a lot to get to in this hour. I'm going to start with the stock market report. The market is just closing in nine seconds. Time for today's stock market report, sponsored by Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. Dow Jones finishes up over 200 points, up 204 points. S&P 500 up 44 points. That's uh, over a percent increase. And the NASDAQ up almost 200 points, almost a 2% increase on the day. So a nice day on Wall Street. Um, We're going to get headlines. We're going to get 15 minutes of heat. I want to do a little cat talk as well. And then Rob Pizzola is going to join us. So let's, uh, let's do cat talk here first. Before we get to headlines, give me a little ice hockey sound, Solana. Hockey fans, don't sit this one out when it's game time. Make Celsius a part of your play and get that energy up. Game day is fueled by Celsius Essential Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of the Florida Panthers. Panthers will be back on the ice manana. They host the Los Angeles Kings rare Friday night affair at FLA Live. I will be there. Um, But I had mentioned to you earlier, you know, the... uh, the All-Star Game, the All-Star Game is next week, and All-Star festivities begin next week. So I want to direct you, if you want to get involved and have some fun and uh, and see some of the action, go to floridapanthers.com slash all-star. That's floridapanthers.com slash all-star. There is so much going on, Crowder, and I don't have time to go through it all. It starts this Sunday. There's a, a big uh, breakfast for, like, volunteers and kind of like a, a kickoff thing on Sunday. But Tuesday, this coming Tuesday at Flamingo Park, there's going to be a free event, a hockey festival, live music, food trucks, photo opportunities with the Stanley Cup, by the way. There's going to wow. be an on-site street hockey clinic. Um, and, uh, and that's it. That's a, a really cool event. It's five 30 till 8 PM at Flamingo park on Tuesday, um, Wednesday. And all these events, by the way, if you go to floridapanthers.com slash all-star, you can register for these and get the, uh, the inside info too. So, uh, Wednesday from five till 8 PM, there's a big event at the Panthers ice den. And then there's an alumni game there as well and uh it's like again it there's so much going on february 2nd through the 4th at fort lauderdale beach park there's the all-star beach festival and it's three days of family-friendly hockey interactive games and attractions special guest appearances trophy and memorabilia displays a, a chance to take a picture with the stanley cup like it, it just goes on and on. So uh, what I would suggest is you go to the website, go to floridapanthers.com slash all-star, and you can get the entire calendar of events and, uh, and participate in some of them. Uh, again, hockey fans, don't sit this one out. When it's game time, make Celsius part of your play and get that energy up. Game day is fueled by Celsius Essential Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of the Florida Panthers. All right. 
Let's get uh, headlines here for the 4 o'clock hour with Alejandro Solana. They're driven by the new Palmetto Ford Truck Supercenter. Why buy your truck at a car store? Palmetto Ford, we know trucks. Tonight, Canes women's basketball. They host Boston College 6 p.m. tip-off time from the Watsco Center. All right, very cool. If I lived closer to Coral Gables, I would go to that game tonight. There's uh, nothing else going on locally. I'd like to see uh, see a little hoops action, but... I will not be able to make it. Our show ends at 6, and I can't be down in Coral Gables from Boca at that time. You know your helicopter. <laughs> One day, man. <laughs> One day. Some NFL news today. Uh, the Panthers, they hired Frank Reich, former Colts head coach, as their new head coach. Frank Reich threw the first touchdown in Panthers history. Did you know that? I did not, because now I did know he played football. <laughs> Get out of here. Stop it. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Stop. Did you know that, Solana? <laughs> no. You didn't know that, really? That's funny. <laughs> you knew Frank Reich was an NFL quarterback? Yes. I didn't know he threw the first pass in Panthers history till he got hired, but yeah, that I knew. He wasn't very good. There's no. What's your best Frank Reich memory? <laughs> Throwing the, the first pass in uh, Panthers history. <laughs> You can't, you can't, you didn't see that. The Jets, they hired former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett as their new offensive coordinator. You think he played? No. No shot. I'm just looking at Frank Reich's player history. Check his stats. He played for the, the Bills from 85 to 94. Oh, wow. It's almost a decade with Damn. the Bills. That's a long and career. Then, uh, then played uh, a season with the Panthers, season with the Jets, and uh, two seasons with the Lions. He had a better career than you, Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Every time. <laughs> can't, it's can't enough with the meat on a stick, all right, uh, E? <laughs> I can't buy a break with this guy. <laughs> you going to get on me about calling the man E, and you going to start calling the man E. <laughs> I forgot his name. I'm <laughs> uh, looking for his player, like player stats. I'll get, I'll get him to you in a sec. Okay, okay. The Cowboys, by the way, they fired our old friend Joe Philbin. He was their offensive line coach, which none of us knew that either until today. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's amazing. Amazing how much we don't know. Um. You got those stats yet? Because I'm, I'm kind yeah, of yeah, I'm looking us. at them. It's 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 the, the these damn uh, cookies. You know how many times do I have to accept? <laughs> I accept. I publicly accept. Should I be scared of the cookies? I mean, you don't get to see the website if you don't accept the cookies. So no, but the cookies are supposed to bring viruses. Uh, I don't think that's so. Uh, okay. I, I I can't. It 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 won't load. I've okay. I've got bad cookies. Okay. I did it all for the cookie. <laughs> Wasn't that a song? Well, it was nookie, but very close. Let me try on the other computer. I can't believe I have to do this. Heat versus Magic Thanks. tomorrow night, All 8 right. p.m. Yeah, I'll get to 15 minutes of heat here in one second after I search I up mean, the I'm French stalling for you, bro. <laughs> Come on. Abuelo, it's not that hard. Just type in Frank Reich stats. 
I mean, the guy's got a lot of. Uh, I got you, bro. Let's a lot of playing let's, let's get something done here. Really quick. Nine years in Buffalo, two years in Detroit, one year in Carolina, one year with the Jets. Uh, his uh, his stats are nothing to sneeze at here. Hawk, I have them pulled up. They're not bad. They're terrible. Let's see. 16 games started for the Bills. 16 games, or I should say played, in 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. I mean, come on. For a quarterback? He was 5-15 I mean, as a huh. starter. Oh, 5-15. He threw he threw double digit attempts two out of his two years out of his entire career. Well, I mean, well, how did he play in sixteen games? That's back when they didn't keep the stats right, Hawk. <laughs> Is that possible though with Buffalo? Like, wasn't wasn't the the nineties Miami Buffalo? Wasn't that Marino Kelly? So maybe he was coming in in uh, mop up time. There's no – I'm looking now, Hawk. There's no way because 90 to 92, he started three games but played right. in all 16 each year. How's yeah, that possible, dude? But they were in a gadget offense? <laughs> What's going on here? Frank doesn't look too quick. He's not Cordell Stewart. I, I just – I think he those He started seven wrong. games for the Jets in 96, 175 what? for 331, 52 uh, – Point nine percent completion percentage, twenty two hundred yards in seven starts. Come on, one in six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what they say about coaches? They can't do it, so they teach other people how to do it. Forty career touchdowns throwing—that seems like a lot. Thirty six interceptions. Hmm. Didn't want to get to that column. <laughs> How many game balls does he have? Do they have a they have a stat on that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Hawk, why are you trying to justify Frank Wright's career? Oh, I'm not. You guys were just saying that you never heard that he was a player, and I was trying to prove what <laughs> fools you are. But I don't think that I'm on the right side of the argument. <laughs> okay, I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. This goof's not. Yeah, five and fifteen. He oh, got he was money, the though. holder. Thank you, Texter. He was the holder. On field goals, that's why he was in every game. <laughs> that, that doesn't count, sense. though. That doesn't yeah, count. no, when you're the no, absolutely, he's out there. He's the holder, but but not as the quarterback. He's the holder. You you shouldn't get. Yeah, but there's no H. There's no position <laughs> called H. <laughs> but you shouldn't get credit as a quarterback for playing in a game if you're holding for a place kicker. That that doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's a play. Yeah. It's just like the, it's a long snapper. Him and the long snapper get the same amount of uh, snaps in the game. So long. That's really funny that I'm like, how the hell did he play in 16 games if he was the backup quarterback? He's the holder. That makes sense. Man. 13 season league. All right. I got to get to uh, 15 minutes of heat because we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go way long here. You have any other headlines, Solana? Uh, nothing that's important. Just some nonsense. So we could skip it and get to 15 minutes of heat. All right. Give me a little open for that. Ladies. Gentlemen, oh, music again. Stand up. <laughs> How do we not have, is, why even play this then? For 15 minutes of heat. 
so creepy when you play that without music. Like, why are we even bothering? Time for 15 minutes of heat presented by Broward Health. Broward Health celebrating 85 years of service to our community, then, now, and forever. Broward Health. So we celebrated BAM uh, yesterday, right? You know, everyone talking about him. Um, someone writes into Ira Winderman in the Sun Sentinel. I can't help but wonder how the Heat would have fared the last couple of seasons had Bam Adebayo been this aggressive rather than deferring all the time as he did then. And I, I think that's a legitimate, you know, statement or question about him, right? Because well, yeah. we had said it for a couple of seasons, like, we'll do that more often than, than you're doing it. But Ira has a good answer. Ira says... Actually, the Heat were in pretty good spots those seasons, making the NBA Finals in 2020 and closing within a win of last season's Finals. Besides, that's all rearview mirror stuff. What matters most is that Bam Adebayo recognized more was needed and sought an upgrade both with his motor and skill set. That is all you can ask for a young player. The concern is when such a player plateaus and you realize that this is all there is. That has not been the case with Bam. Still learning, still growing, still pursuing. What? That's a hell of an answer because, like you said, we've talked about that for a number of years now. Can he be that guy? And does he? Not can he be because we see it. Does he want to be? I would say because he would not go up there and be aggressive offensively, especially on the offensive side of the court. What's he going to be if he can continue this? I don't know where I don't know where his ceiling is if he can continue to grow like he has this season. Well, that's what I had said going into the season was I thought he had plateaued. Remember before the season started, I kept I kept saying, We know who Bam is. We yeah. saw it. Like we know who he is, but I was wrong. Like he he is an all-star. Now whether he makes the all-star squad or not, I mean we'll we'll be able to debate that when it happens. But I thought he had plateaued and he hasn't. He's getting better and more dominant. Every game, and as Iris says, he's still learning, he's still growing, and he's still pursuing. Just one pushback is Iris, like said, we're in a good spot, so he, you know, he took that back seat. You know, I'm not a fan of the just take the back seat guy. The Chris Bosh love for him being good enough not to be good. Like I don't play those games. If you're a star, if you're a monster, if you're a dog, go be a dog with anybody that's on the court with you. I push back a little bit on that. And then yesterday, uh, we were talking during 50 minutes of heat. We had Clay Ferrero on, and I said, are the Heat going to finish the season one of the top four seeds in the East? Someone wrote that into Ira. We're going to finish number four this year, and then we will win it all. Wait and see. And Ira says, I'm not sure about fourth, but the Heat well could fight their way to number four. Uh, when it has been working for the Heat, it has been working well. But what is needed is an extended run of continuity and healthy continuity. And that's kind of been the knock on the heat for several seasons, too. But uh, where do you stand on that, Solana? They had top four seed by the end of the season when it's all said and done? Yeah, I mean, so many factors at play, right? Injury could definitely play a part. It could derail either the Heat or the Cavs or the Sixers or whoever. I do think this team will be a top four seed when it's done. I also, like a lot of people, think there may be a move in the works to try to improve this year's roster. Yeah, when's when's the uh, trade deadline? Uh, beginning of February? Beginning of February, yeah. yeah. I don't remember the exact date. Yeah, yeah so I, I do think they'll end up being a top-four seed. I really do. 
Well, I'll tell you what, if Bam plays the way that he's playing and if Jimmy Butler stays healthy, um, if both those guys are playing at high levels and both those guys are healthy, they, they really could be a top four seed and they could go deep into the playoffs. February 9th, by the way. Thursday, February, February 9th, 9th uh, is the – so two weeks from today, the NBA trade deadline. We have been inundated with texts from people who know about Frank Reich. And every single one of them says Frank Reich had the greatest comeback in NFL history. Eh. Led the Bills from a 35 to 3 halftime deficit. Maybe. Hmm. How do we not know anything? <laughs> I like to. <laughs> we're, we're not we're not all knowledgeable, but I'm telling you, there's not a lot of people out there that know Frank Wright's past. Go look at the text machine, and I will do. I, when I tell you, inundated with texts about Frank Reich, inundated with texts about Frank Reich. Same family. It's a dad, a mom, and two sons. I don't think so. <laughs> all right, there you go. 15 minutes of heat. Uh, you got weather, Solana. I do. From the Demesman and Dover Law Firm, youraccidentattorneys.com, free consultations. Call them 866-954-MORE. Just want to say really quickly, you don't even have to respond, but before the season, I told you guys Bam is untouchable. You laughed at me. You said that's ridiculous. I also told you I think he can be an MVP caliber player. You both laughed at me. You told me I was insane, and uh, I think I'm closer to being right than you guys. That's your weather. Uh, I mean, M- M- <laughs> MVP. He's he's not even gonna make the All Star team. <laughs> I mean, when, <laughs> MVP. What are you talking about? We did laugh at you when you said Tyler Hero was gonna be Sixth Man of the Year. That we laughed at you last yeah. year. Um, yes. All right, Rob Pizzola is gonna join us in the next segment. We'll get some gambling advice for the conference championship games on Sunday. So do not go anywhere. You are listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. I got a twerk game. What? I don't. I don't. Ha- I don't have the biggest okay. booty, but I can move it. Hawk and Crowder. Rob Pizzola is a professional sports gambler from Canada. Comes on with us every week. You can follow him on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. He comes to us courtesy of BetStamp. BetStamp compares odds at dozens of sports books and automatically shows you where to bet so that you can get the best odds and save money. So download the BetStamp app today. And then, of course, I always remind you, Rob also has the Hammer Betting Network. You can follow them on Twitter at TheHammerHQ, or you could visit the website, TheHammer.Bet. Hello, Rob. Hello, Mark. You were 4-2 and two on this show last week, but you had two of what I consider to be the greatest uh, handicapping wins in show history. You told us Kansas City first half minus 5.5, and the way that you handicapped it was spot on, even with Chad Henney coming in for the longest touchdown drive in uh, in Chiefs history. But the way that you handicapped that first half was perfect. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I was uh, I, I may have thrown a thing or two in my office when I saw Mahomes get injured and Henney come in because I had a considerable bet on uh, the Chiefs, but. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. 98-yard touchdown drive, the last thing you'd expect. Sometimes you just need to be lucky in sports betting. So um, I was, you know, I was really happy with the way that game that worked out, the way that game worked out, because obviously anyone who had taken the Chiefs for the full game uh, would have got backdoored there at the end. So, uh, yeah, 
appreciate that, Mark. And 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 the the second part of that, the second thing that was so perfectly handicapped was the teaser. Because you talk about mm-hmm. Kansas City, if you had them for the whole game, but if you teased them down, as Rob suggested, you won the teaser. So I mean that that was the, I mean you 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 seemed like a sports gambling expert based on uh, that game. Yeah, I did. And then the Cowboys played the 49ers on Sunday, and uh, I, I wouldn't have seemed like I, I think I started four and zero and then finished with zero and two in that game. But I mean, uh, I'll take a four and two. I'll take that any day of the week. I know that's probably, Mark, you wouldn't take that because I'm sure you just threw all six of those into a parlay and it, and it lost. Um, that's what I'm, I, you know, but I'll take right. four well, and If you want to play that way, you did not start 2-0. and You started 0-1 because you told us to take the Montreal Canadiens at plus 200 over the Panthers. Oh, true. They, they got smoked in that game, too. That was not close. Yeah, all right. I mean, well, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, were you aware that Frank Reich played in the NFL before he coached in the NFL? Um, yeah. <laughs> we just learned, we just learned that. Yeah. Do you know what he's known for? I mean, I don't know what Frank Reich is particularly known for. I, I mean, in the past, it would have been, I guess, like his work with other quarterbacks and, and, you know, bringing quarterbacks to, um, at like the good solid quarterbacks but if there's probably something outside of this that i'm completely it's, missing the the everybody's texting in the greatest comeback in nfl history oh but like yes all right yes yeah he is uh, known for like he, he went to college at miami did he not no he beat miami at maryland ah right right okay that's that's that so that's the biggest comeback there yes there was like a that. that was like the thirty-one nothing halftime game, correct? Yeah, do you know that? Do you know that Crowder? No, we don't know any of this stuff. But no, we did this, interview. We did. We you know who we interviewed in the three o'clock hour, Rob, which was really more our speed for this show, as as, as you might know. You don't listen to us online, do you? Mm-hmm. I mean i I can't <laughs> say that I do. Well, in the 3 o'clock hour, you missed Eric Mittenthal, the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. Mm. That's any anything interesting that I, that I missed there, That I, like a takeaway that I can use for the, the hot dog competition this year or something? Nah. <laughs> well... I'll be sure to go back and listen, Mark. You really said that one well to me. We learned a lot. Uh, funny. All okay. right, let's talk about the conference championship games with Rob Pizzola. Again, you can go to uh, follow him on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola. So, um, Bengals and Chiefs, this has been fascinating. I have been fascinated by the line because we got on the air Monday, and I said the uh, the Bengals are getting one in Kansas City. And Crowder said to me, put the bet in. And I never bet a Sunday game on Monday just for whatever reason. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the show Monday, it was pick them or even Bengals minus a half. And then all of a sudden, you get to yesterday, and it's Bengals minus two and a half. And now today, it's back to Kansas City minus one. So what is going on here, and what side do you have? 
So this is a lot to do with speculation on Patrick Mahomes. And early on in the week, um, obviously the prognosis didn't look good. High ankle sprain, there's potential that he could not play the game, so on and so forth. So all the early money comes in on Cincinnati because the expectation is that Patrick Mahomes is going to be hobbled. As the week has gone on, there was one large betting group that does sell picks that tends to move the market. They're called Right Angle Sports. They released the Kansas City Chiefs plus two and a half as a bet. So that brought a little bit of Chiefs money in. And then we saw Patrick Mahomes practice in full yesterday. He walked up to the podium without a walking boot on. Everyone was examining you know, the way he was walking. Seemed like it was okay. You get more Chiefs money uh, in terms of the speculation on whether or not Mahomes is going to be fine. Personally, this is the exact type of game that I hate to bet on because I have no idea how Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury is going to hold up this week. I will say this, if it doesn't hold up, if I'm watching this game, first series, and he's hobbling to even hand the ball off like he was last week, I won't be able to live bet Cincinnati quick enough in that spot. Because the right. one thing about Mahomes this year is he can definitely throw from the pocket. He's been, you know, he's a great quarterback all around. But what people fail to realize is that he turns a lot of pressured dropbacks into significant plays. If you look at this season, only 11% of the times he's been pressured this year have resulted in sacks. That's the lowest pressure to sack rate in the entire league. And if he loses that ability to avoid sacks when he's pressured, I think this is a real problem. I think there's a scenario here where the Bengals can do something similar to what they did with the Chiefs in a previous matchup, rush three pretty heavily, contain Mahomes in the pocket, make him throw and try to beat eight in, the, in coverage, mix in some blitzes here and there. And I think that's a path to success for the Bengals. On the other side of things, a lot of people are very fixated on the Cincinnati offensive line. I've heard some arguments about how Buffalo wasn't able to generate a pass rush last week because the field had snow all over it. It's harder you know, for, for these pass rushers to get home in slippery conditions and that the Chiefs defensive line is going to get a lot more pressure on Joe Burrow this week. It's possible that they can. They have some very good players on the defensive line, including Chris Jones, probably one of the most underrated players in the league. But the thing about the Bengals in the second half of the year is they've really prioritized getting the ball out of Burrow's hands quickly. And this is how they basically dissected the Bills' defense last week. Six or seven yards at a time, they take what was given to them. Joe Burrow has the second fastest time to throw in the entire league, 2.4 seconds. And if you look at the Chiefs' defense this year, they've struggled against this type of quarterback all season long. They're 20th in success rate against quarterbacks who get rid of the ball in two and a half seconds or less. I do think that ultimately the Bengals will still move the ball. The challenge for me here is that December 4th, these teams played. Kansas City was on the road at Cincinnati. Kansas City was a two and a half point favorite in that game on the road at Cincinnati. And now they're a one point favorite at home. If Mahomes is fine and the ankle's not a problem, this is one of the most valuable bets you'll probably ever make in your life on Kansas City at home. That's my issue. I think the matchup favors the Bengals, but we've gone so far here now because of the, the ankle injury that I have no idea what to do. So this is a very long-winded way for me to say that I have not placed a bet on this game. I probably will not place a bet on this game prior to the start, but I'm going to be watching very carefully for Mahomes' first couple dropbacks 
and see how that ankle looks. And I will look to get involved in this game one way or another, depending on his ankle injury situation. Now, because um, we, you know, we wanted to bet the Bengals at the beginning of the week, and then when it got to Kansas City getting two and a half points at home, I was very tempted just to jump on it, ankle or not, to get KC at home in a conference championship game. So, is is there a point spread that it could get to where you would have to give yourself action before the game? So here's, I think the most likely scenario for me at this point is that. Maybe we get another situation where today and tomorrow, Patrick Mahomes practices in full. He looks fine. Sunday, he takes the field in pregame, and he's throwing. He's dropping back to throw. Everything looks fine. I think if that happens, there's going to be Kansas City money that comes in on Sunday before the game. And maybe this gets out to two and a half. Maybe it gets out to three, and you see a bunch of late Kansas City money. If that happens, I would bet the Bengals at plus three. I'm not saying it's likely, but I, I can see that case being made where the, the, the limits are highest on Sunday in the NFL. Lots of pro bettors, people who bet way, way more than I do, are waiting for Sunday to bet because they can get the most amount of money down. In a situation where Mahomes looks good in that pregame warm-up, I could see a ton of money coming in on Kansas City. So m- my my thoughts now are like we're in this dead area probably until Sunday, but if the Chiefs take this late money, then I'll bet the Bengals right before kickoff. All right. How about the uh, the late game? It's the 49ers at Philadelphia. I like the Eagles again this week. Um, you know, just from like a pure power rating standpoint, there's not a lot separating these two teams in the market. Philly's probably just a slightly better team overall. Uh, You give them home field advantage, which is worth in Philadelphia in the playoffs, roughly two points or so. You see why the spread is two and a half. I just really like the matchup for the Eagles. So a couple big reasons why. The 49ers have been very vulnerable against quarterback runs this year. Um, When a opposing quarterback has scrambled the ball, or, or, or scrambled in particular, like any sort of scenario, turned it into a run, The 49ers defense is 26th in success rate at defending those scrambles. They've really struggled. Go back to earlier in the year when they faced Marcus Mariota. They really struggled to contain him in the pocket in that game. We ultimately know Mariota didn't have a good season. So I like Jalen Hurts' opportunity here to be able to do something with his legs. On the outside, the 49ers do not have the second corner. Like they have Trevarius Ward, and then they have Diamador Lenoir, who is going to have to cover one of A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. And that's a huge mismatch. And unlike the Cowboys coaching staff last week, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, these guys, I mean, I don't know who came up with the game plan last week, but they decided they were just going to hand off to Zeke and against the best running defense in the entire league. And that didn't work. Like, that hasn't worked on San Fran all year. The Eagles have been able to exploit other teams' weaknesses this year. They have a great offensive line which can mitigate a lot of that pressure that the 49ers defensive front has. So I think the Eagles are going to score on the other side of the ball. I love the Eagles defensive line. Like this is a team that's built so strong in the trenches. They can rotate guys in and out. Like they have seven, eight quality defensive linemen that they shuffle in and out. They keep them fresh. They produce the second highest pressure rate in the league without blitzing this season, which is extremely important. I could see this being a Brock Purdy deer in the headlights type of game if the Eagles can get that type of pressure. And on top of that, the one thing that the 49ers have consistently done 
under Kyle Shanahan is they run the most in-breaking routes in the entire NFL. Five seasons straight, they run more in-breaking routes than any other team. They love these things over the middle of the field, get the ball into these receivers' hands on these crossing routes, and let them do damage. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, even George Kittle. And the Eagles defend that very well. No team in the NFL has, has allowed less yards after catch on in-breaking routes than the Philadelphia Eagles. They give up two yards per catch, uh, yards after catch, excuse me, per reception on in-breaking routes, and that's because they have very good quarterbacks. James Bradbury, Darius Slay, Avante Maddox is healthy there now. They, they have the weapons, uh, the corners, that can slow down what San Francisco does best. So I don't think this is a good matchup for the 49ers. I think the 49ers are a great team. They could definitely win the game. They're, you know, but I, I do believe in styles make fights in the NFL, and I think this one really favors the Eagles. So I think two and a half is a short price. I bet anything up until minus three. You want to get in on that two and a half now. Uh, I like Philadelphia quite a bit this weekend. All right, so we should put because we like Philadelphia as well. We should put yeah. that in now. You think it's going up? Well, you, you don't have so I, I just this is like risk versus reward, right? Like if you if you wait on this bet and it goes to three, you you've now cost yourself the three winning on the three, which is the most likely scenario for this game. Philadelphia by three. If you bet it now and there's some San Francisco money and it goes down to two or one and a half, you're not holding that bad of a number at that right. point. So my opinion, right. it, it, it's just one of those things where if, if you wait it out, I think you're only doing yourself a disservice if you like to. Yeah, that makes sense. And I've been That's waiting cool. for that Brock Purdy deer in the headlights game since he came in against the Dolphins and it hasn't shown up yet, <laughs> but I'm convinced it's going to show up this Sunday. Uh, Rob you Pizzola. Know sorry, 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 Mark. Yeah, go ahead. It could have happened last week. The 49ers offense was not clicking last week. That was the first time that the 49ers faced a defense with Brock Purdy that had a, a good pass rush, like a well above average pass rush. And we saw that, that that can do some damage. And the Eagles defense is better than the Cowboys overall, at least in my opinion. They don't have, the, they don't have issues at cornerback like the Cowboys did. So th- this is the toughest test he has faced. And it's in an environment where, yes, he won at Seattle earlier this year. You know, he's played road games, but this is just different. Like a seventh-round rookie quarterback playing in Philadelphia in a playoff game with those fans, like I I just – I've actually made a bet, just a very small wager on Brock Purdy over two-and-a-half interceptions at 15-1 to in this game. Um, I I feel like this is – this could be that game that I've been waiting for. It might not be. He just might be the next Tom Brady. Who knows? But I feel like that game's <laughs> right. coming. Yeah, I have felt like that game's coming uh, for the entire uh, time since he came in, and it hasn't. Um, they, I have to read you guys th- these texts. My right hand to God, these texts are back to back. First one, you guys are awesome. I've been having a really bad week. I think the only time I've smiled all week is during your show. Thank you for all, your, all you do. Appreciate you guys. The very next text, no one is laughing at this dumb bleep. I like the first one. Well, That's how you make the market, right, uh, Rob? There's got to yep. be a buyer and a seller to make a market. 
Well, true. I mean, you te- you typically, if you're in the business of uh, radio programming, want a lot more buyers than sellers. Um, <laughs> nah, you know, I just like making the not, market. I like having an equal amount of buyers. It's not a traditional sports betting market or stock market or anything. <laughs> you you probably want to retain as many of the listeners as possible. Nah, not interested anymore. Maybe when I was younger. <laughs> not, so, not so much anymore. Good advice. Good advice, Rob. He's, he's crazy. Well, I mean, Panthers. Crowder, you just signed a, you, Crowder just signed a new deal anyways. At this point, you know, as long as he put pen to paper, you can have as right. many sellers as he wants. Who yeah, really cares go. at this point? <laughs> the, the Florida, Florida Panthers, uh, they put it together, Rob. Like, and, and, you know, they lost at Pittsburgh uh, Tuesday night, but they still got a point out of it. And uh, I, I, I think uh, they're, they're, looking a, they're looking as good as they have all season. Definitely can say that. Uh, I mean, obviously the defense is still an issue. Like, you score six goals in a game, you probably shouldn't be losing that game altogether. I'm just going to give you a quick probability of what I have for the Florida Panthers to make the playoffs, I have them up to 31% right now. So you're right, Mark. They've uh, they've went from 20% to 31% over the course of a week. Uh, I mean, they still have the talent to do it. I mean, it can happen. I, I don't trust the coaching. I don't trust the goaltending. I think those are two integral parts of a hockey team. But team has the pedigree. They were there last year. So So maybe this is the turning point for them. Yeah, because all I mean, you just need them to sneak into the playoffs at this point. I mean, um, and like you said, they do have the pedigree. Although I don't know, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky's been out, and um, Spencer Knight was was out. It's been this Alex Lyon the last few games. Although I, yep. I'm guessing tomorrow it'll be Spencer Knight against the Kings, but I'm not even certain. Um, but they have looked uh, they have looked better, and we're getting excited. You know, the All Star uh, game is here in uh, in South Florida next uh, next week. I do know that. Yes. Uh, I was trying you know, to consider making a trip. I was considering it, but it's so hard for me to get away during football season. It's, it would just be logistically. I don't think I can swing it, but I, I did consider it. How, mu- how much research do you do on say a given game? I mean, do you research for hours during the day? I do zero research on NHL games. No, no, no. Zero. I meant for football. So, oh, for football is a little bit different. So football, um, the starting point for me is I have a, a model, an automated model that's going to spit out a number on every single game. Um, I do have to keep in tune with what's going on in the league, player injuries, so on and so forth, and update rosters and so on and so forth. So I, I do have to have my foot like on the pulse of um, my hand on the pulse of of everything that's going on in the league. So I have tons of notifications set. I have tweet deck up with uh, different NFL beat writers, so on and so forth. I'm not so much handicapping the games uh, where it's more so just having access to information in real time is extremely. You're looking for an edge. You're just always looking for an edge. Yeah. So for sure, like we see this in the NFL at at times, but injury information is going to move the market. If I wait to bet that, well, I'm going to have to bet it at a worse number. So if I see something come across my feed of this player went into concussion protocol and I know that they're valuable and worth something, I'm going to go out and make a bet every, uh, every time. So for me, I trust in my numbers that I make on games. But what I think is extremely important and when you're betting professionally is the ability to, to get bets in at the right time, to time the market is what I call it. So 
that's that's why I have to be around during the day. And I'm addicted to my phone and my computer during football season because uh, being away, I mean, you could be missing bets at that time. And that's that affects my livelihood. Gotcha. Rob Pizzola. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. It's fascinating stuff because we put so little effort into it. I'm talking about the radio show, but gambling as well. Uh, there you go, Rob Bizzola. Thank you as always, Rob. All right, guys. Good luck with your bets this week. Thank you, man. Uh, That's fun. Um, all right. <laughs> what? No, we're not going to listen. I, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, we should put the Eagles bet in now, though. That makes sense, though. Because what's the yeah, difference Niners. if you have it at two and a half or two? But it does make a difference if you have it at three or two and a half. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. Everything's better with bacon. Hawk and Crowder.